I had so many people reach out after the self-care podcast and be heart to heart that last week but I thought I would actually continue the conversation on because it's important and it seems as though a lot of people are sitting in the pocket uh, and really need a reminder around self-care and deep deep self-care like not just having a bath but sitting with yourself and processing your feelings and actually allowing time to sort through your emotions and thoughts and ideas and barriers that we can sometimes put in our own way. So I wanted to record this podcast as a continuance from the one from last week. So if you haven't listened to that one, pop in and listen to that one first and then come back to this uh, because it will make a lot of sense and will just flow on like the chapter in the next book or the next chapter in the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, today's podcast is all about the symptoms of burnout for educators. Hello, hello and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Okay, so welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I am going to preface this by saying that my brother's dog is here. It's likely that the two of them will run into the room at some point through this podcast. It'll be a miracle if they don't. Uh, my family is home. Uh, it's likely that they will make noise and it's raining. So my internet is usually quite terrible. So, so there might be a few glitches in this recording, all of which I apologize for in advance, but I'm going to bring this podcast to you nonetheless. So I want to talk about uh, the symptoms of burnout for educators it's something that I've danced with myself for the last couple of years after <laughs> the, the years that were the pandemic um, and then the subsequent accident that happened at my husband's work. Um, so life, I thought every time I feel like I'm just taking a breath, something else happens and it seems to cut me off at the knees. And the only reason I can see that is continually happening is because I need to go to another level, a deeper level of rest and a deeper level of understanding my own boundaries and the need that I have to put boundaries around my life and things that I'm doing because I need to protect my own energy. And I know there are so many other educators 
that find themselves in this position because you're a working mama. You might have your own little ones or big ones at home. And let me tell you that just because they get into their teenage years, it doesn't make parenting any easier. If anything, it makes it more heartfelt. And when I say heartfelt, it's that the issues that your big kids come to you with sometimes can be life-changing and have bigger consequences than not getting the plate colour that they wanted. So if you're a mama um, or a papa of teenagers, my heart goes out to you because I know how hard that is. If you don't do the work in the little years, it really comes back to bite you on the bum but it is constant just nonetheless, even if you do put in the work in the younger years, which I highly recommend doing because it does make the older years a lot easier. But it is real when those issues become a whole different set of kettle of fish. So um, my heart goes out to parents of all ages because it is the most rewarding, tiring, <laughs> painful um patience testing job that there is and then we step into the world of early childhood education because it seems that doing it for your own children is not enough (laughs) so I wanted to talk about burnout because it seemed to me that the messages that I got from last week's podcast episode were very much educators who felt like I'd touched on things that they hadn't considered before and that they also actually felt really heard and seen in what I shared. So I aim for transparency in everything that I do. Um, There are things that I don't share because I do have a private life. Um, But for the most part, if you meet me in person, the only difference you will see is I probably swear a a lot Um, because I'm a sweary person. I have a quota. So I'm very much aware that some educators listen to the podcast in the car or when there are children, maybe their own children around. So I do have my hat on that keeps a level of professionalism there. But if you meet me in person, I am a sweary person. So um, I do keep that private sometimes, but sometimes I can't help it because I just am me. So um What people shared with me is that they have not prioritised alone time. They have not prioritised their own needs before everybody else's and they don't even know how that happened. I know how it happened because I did it too and I just got caught up in thinking that um, if I just got everybody else happy first, then my time would come. It never, ever, 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 ever happens. If you make everybody else happy, by the time you finish making the last person happy, the first person's no longer happy and you've got to start that whole cycle again. So you really have to make sure that you are the first person. You have to fill your soul and your cup well before you fill anybody else's because like the saying goes, you literally cannot pour from an empty cup. You just can't. So... I want to talk about the effects of burnout and how they can impact your life and the way you show up in your life, in your personal life, in your, like, and when I talk personal life, I mean your own life, 
then your relationships, which is your family and your significant other, and then in your work and your social circles too. When you're burnt out in one area, it impacts everywhere. Um, it, it has a massive impact. And sometimes when you constrict yourself and contain yourself in order to address things in certain areas, it can have a positive benefit as well. So this is what I'm going to uncover and talk about with you today, the effects and the impacts of burnout. Um, because if you're feeling these, even one or two of them, you really need to start looking at where your energy is going. If you imagine your yourself as a bucket and there's all these holes. <laughs> now, the the higher and the higher up your holes are and they appear at the top of this bucket um the the more things pour out right so and the bigger the holes get so you've really got to look at plugging because you can't plug everything up and remain a full container all the time that's just not possible but when you look at the energy and the drain in your life, you've got to work out and address which is the biggest drain and sort that out first. Once you sort that out and you stop that hemorrhaging, then you're going to have a little bit more energy. And I'm guessing that that first hemorrhage is going to be yourself. Most of you are not plugging back into yourself and it's having a diabolical negative impact on the rest of your life. That is the first thing we need to address. So in the Big Heart to Heart, we talked about having good good sleep is the first one. If you don't have good sleep, nothing else is going to work properly. Like I guarantee it. That is the first thing and it is often the easiest thing to fix because it means getting off your screen after sunset, have a digital sunset, put your phone away, put it in the garage so you're not tempted to touch it. Let it charge in there overnight. Nobody needs to contact you overnight. If you've got adult children, give them your home phone number. Like what? Like sometimes they may need to get in touch with you. We all dread that phone call. I've had that phone call. Mom, I just crashed my car. Oh, my goodness. Thank God she was okay. But we need to be available for that. But bring the home phone. Don't give your home phone number to your families, to your to your um, daycare families, just give them your mobile number and put it on silent so that you're not disturbed. That's the first and foremost, digital sunset and go to bed at least an hour early. If you're going to bed after 9.30, you need to look at going to bed by latest 9.30 so that you can have a good seven to eight hours sleep and be up ready for your day. If you have to get up earlier, then you need to go to bed earlier. Like there's just no arguing that. It is scientifically proven that we need at least seven to eight hours. And I know there are going to be people out there that say, I can survive on six hours. Well, that was me. I was thought I was surviving on six hours and they were broken hours as well because it was always that 3 a.m between 2 and 3 a.m wake up that I'd be awake for an hour and then I'd go back to sleep I was not surviving I was used to it I was I was surviving on it but I was definitely not thriving and we need to thrive when we're in our role we need to be able to give back. In order to be able to give back, you have to thrive. So I know there are going to be some of you that roll your eyes and go, whatever, Victoria, but I am truthful. I've done the research. I've worked with a sleep consultant who is one of the best in the field. And it is confirmed scientifically that we need at least seven 
to eight hours, if not more sleep, depending on what our stress levels are like. If we have really a lot of stress at the time, we need even more sleep because our body needs to reset our hormones, reset the cortisol levels and all those sorts of things. What happens is we end up getting into adrenal fatigue and adrenal fatigue is really difficult to come back from because what happens is you start building up and then something happens and it knocks you out and depletes you again. You've got to start back up again. So the first thing we need to do is really make sure that we're getting good quality sleep. Get rid of your devices. Do not have it in your room to charge. There is so much scientific evidence that talks about how disruptive to your body is the, the EMF charging within the room. Make sure you have your devices outside of your room so that they're not, not a distraction and not interrupting your biochemical resonance. Next thing is good food and, and nutrition. So really preparing your meals so that you're not caught short and you're just eating crackers and dip for lunch. Like we've really got to be fueling our bodies with the, the good things we need. We need to move our body because we can become stagnant. Now, I know as family daycare educators, you barely sit down, you walk a lot, but we really need to do as women who are moving into certain age brackets, strength training is really important. Flexibility and functional movement is really important too. I really notice it when I go to try and sit down on the floor with the children because I haven't done it for so long. My functional movement and flexibility are impeded because my hips are so tight from sitting in an office chair all the time. Even though I have a standing desk and I get up and stand, it's it's something that I need to work on. And, and you're likely the same. If you've got really good flexibility and functionality, how's your strength? Because as we get older as women, the strength part, the strength component of fitness cannot be underrated. You need to keep your muscles moving and active and strong. So that's another area that we need to really focus on. And the last is hydration. It's probably not the last, and I've probably got some of those in the wrong wrong line. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. I've got them in the wrong order. I haven't had enough to drink today. Uh, you can see how these things can impact us and have a a resonance through the rest of our day. So these are all things that are within our control to manage and they're simple changes. We need to have discipline to enact them. And that is one of the biggest things with personal self-care is it requires discipline to do the work. So what happens when we start to try to make a change, something comes in and tells us there's this old story running in the back of our head that tells us we can't do it. We don't deserve it. We're not good enough. It's too hard. I don't have time. Like all these BS stories will start coming up the minute you want to start making a change. And this is where discipline and consistency comes in and is really important for proper self-care. So once we can get a hold of those simple things and they are all within our control to change and to master, then we can start moving through and addressing all of these other gaps and holes that may be among us. But to recognise that we are potentially facing burnout, we need to look at these potential, these possible um, issues that we may be having, and that's emotional exhaustion is one of them. So when you're emotionally exhausted, you feel drained all the time, overwhelmed, emotionally depleted. This may be accompanied by a reduced ability to cope with stresses, both at work and in your home life. 
So that is the first sign of burnout is that you don't have the emotional capacity to deal with things that happen in front of you. You just want to bury your head. You don't want to deal with it. Let someone else do it. Just pretend that's not happening. But that is like the alarm that goes off in the morning. You know, when you're deep asleep and you you might be dreaming of this sound and it gets closer and closer and closer and closer and all of a sudden you realise, oh, my God, that's the alarm. I don't want to get out of bed. It's too cosy. I'm tired. I went to bed too late last night because I watched another episode of that show and I passed me, was not thinking of future me and or was and decided that buggy you, you can just be tired. (laughs) But what it does is it sets us up to be tired. And when you start the day tired, the rest of your day is already depleted. You're already starting in the negative instead of having room to spare. So this is when emotional exhaustion comes in because you don't have the capacity to deal with these emotions that come up. And what happens is they just start to layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And it's just too much. It's too overwhelming. So the next thing that you'll start to feel, and again, it can come from a lack of sleep, is you'll start to feel physical exhaustion, physical fatigue, experiencing constant tiredness, lack of energy and physical exhaustion. Burnout can lead to physical symptoms such as headaches, muscle tension and a compromised immune system. That was me. I got sick. I got sick in the uh, end of May, no, middle of May. And then I was sick again at the end of June. So I've been doing too much. And this is where this conversation has come because I know if I'm experiencing it, there's other people out there experiencing it too. And funnily enough, I don't know if it's because of I've started talking about it um, or being aware of it that I'm noticing other people in my social media circles are really talking about, you know, proper deep self-care. So you might be seeing other places too. If that's the case, this is definitely a message for you. It's definitely here for you to look at and pay attention to. So decreased enthusiasm and motivation. So losing interest and passion for your job, feeling demotivated and experiencing a lack of satisfaction from the work that you do. It can lead to a decline in quality interactions with children and a loss of creativity in in planning. So you just deal with whatever's in front of you. Like that is as much as you can manage. You can just be there in that moment. Instead of having enough energy inside of you to be able to um, have thought to what's coming up, pre-planning things, being organised, having forethought for the work that you're doing, for the things that are coming up in the next couple of months. So we have a planning day booked in for August. So if you want to devote three hours of your time to planning in advance and I teach you how to do it on the planning day, we do it together. There's a great community of educators that consistently show up every quarter every season to do the seasonal planning for the next season. It does take you a little while to get your head around it, but once you do, then you'll never come back from this style of planning because this little bit of discipline in in devoting three or four hours at the beginning of every season, yes, it's your own time, but if you set your budget 
you can cover your time in your pay throughout the year if you do a good budget for yourself and, and set your own fees accordingly um, then you can cover yourself for those hours right but if you devote three to four hours once a season you can plan all of your intentional teaching for the entire season which saves you so much time not only does it save you time it saves you brain space and capacity because you've thought about it you've documented it, you've put it in place, you've gathered the resources you need, you know what's happening and when, you don't have to think about it again. Like it just frees up so much brain capacity, which helps with that decreased enthusiasm and motivation because you just get that one push, that three to four hours with a group and you can work quietly or you can go into the chatty room, whichever one works for you and get that done. And see, this is what deep self-care requires, is that discipline, that discipline to show up in those times you don't necessarily want to show up, the discipline to put actions into place. So, so actually deciding on a course of action and then following through and, and staying with that and giving it a red-hot go, that's, that's the, the messy part of deep self-care. Now, some people may say, how is that self-care? When I show up for myself for three or four hours and I get the planning work done, my future self will thank me on those days where I am feeling a little bit lower. Maybe I'm due for my period and I just don't have it within me to give of myself. I will thank past me for having made those thoughts and those decisions already because then I can take the foot off the pedal a little bit and I can coast for those few days where I'm feeling a little bit down, which is completely normal and should be expected and planned for, might I add. We all know these cycles of ourselves and we can plan accordingly so that we don't get caught unawares and we don't feel even worse because we know we're not showing up. If past me has already done the planning, that present me who's feeling low can know that I've already put the work in and, yes, I can coast here a little bit for a couple of days. It's all good, right? So we can overcome these things quite simply by using a little bit of self-discipline and grabbing those times where we do have, we're on and up and we do feel a lot more motivated, we get the work done then, and then we can cruise. It all sort of levels out. But if you're in burnout and you're depleted, you're not going to feel that. And this is what we need to recognise. And we can't keep doing the same thing. We have to look at what the biggest drain is and plug that up. So the next thing you, you might feel is increased cynicism and detachment. You don't care. You just don't care and you're expecting the worst all the time because when you get into that downward spiral, that's what we attract. We attract more and more of that and then we start looking for that. It's in the reticulative system of our brain. You know, if you go and buy a new red car and, uh, uh, you know, uh, a new red Pajero, then all you see is red Pajeros everywhere. That's because that reticulative system in your brain is set to be looking for it. When you become demotivated and you have increased cynicism and detachment, you start looking for those negative things. You start 
having those parents that say one thing and you take it negatively and then that's all you hear for the rest of the day and it just sets you on this downward spiral. So you develop this negative attitude and become detached from the children that you work with, any, any colleagues that you have, your service providers, your coordinators and your overall work environment. You know, you start not caring about your space. You don't tidy up like you should or like you normally do. You don't dust. You don't wash and refresh things. You haven't cleaned your windows in your daycare space so they're covered in dirty marks and things just look meh because you feel that way. It's an outward expression of what's happening inside of you. So early childhood educators may start to feel a sense of depersonalization and treating your job as just a routine task. There's no love in it anymore. That's a big sign that you're in burnout and overwhelm. And we've got to shift from that because this is your business. This is your business. This is what you do. I'm going to, oh, I thought I was going to sneeze then, <laughs> but it went away. <laughs> I'm a sneezer. I would blow your ears off if you're listening with headphones. So I, I'm glad I didn't do that. <laughs> um, so you also have reduced performance and productivity. This is another sign of burnout. It can lead to decreased efficiency. So you do everything the hard way because you can't put any thought into how to do this in an easier way. You're just stuck in a rut. You have difficulty concentrating and a decline in overall work performance. So maybe you're not doing your observations anymore. Maybe you started off really inspired and enthusiastic and you were messaging parents every day with the daily update of what was happening and that's gone by the wayside. You know, these, these things start to show up, may include missed deadlines. So someone may have, your scheme may have asked you to have a risk assessment done in time or a performance review done or whatever, and, and you've just missed the date. Maybe you didn't book your first aid in to be redone because, meh, can't be bothered, I'll do it later. Can't be bothered, do it later. You procrastinate. You have uh, a less, less attention to detail and decreased effectiveness in teaching strategies. Redirection with children becomes a chore and you end up just saying, no, don't do that. You know, you become that person who's a bit of a nagger. You know, so all these things can play in and um, can, can show up and be a sign that you're actually feeling really burnt out and you need to take some time out. Your heightened irritability and impatience, so that leads on too. So you might be feeling easily frustrated, short-tempered and becoming irritable with both the children, the daycare children and your own children. Uh, it can create challenges in maintaining positive relationships and effective communication. So these things can all play a big part in what we experience and they are all signs that you've just got no room. There's no more capacity to be patient. There's no more capacity for you to be honouring that someone else may be going through a process. You just don't have it in you to have compassion and space because there's just not enough for yourself let alone giving to somebody else. It's just not there. So when you start realising that you're getting snappy with the children, the daycare children, you know you are because it's outside of your normal um, behaviour model, your normal behaviour management strategies. Like you're not 
you're getting frustrated. Like we've all been there. We all have those days. I'm not saying one day of you having less patience means that you're in burnout, but if it's a regular and continued thing and you're feeling this fatigue all the time, it is definitely time for you to address where you're sitting and what you're doing. And again, it all comes back to that neglected self-care. So prioritizing the needs of others while neglecting your own personal well-being leads to burnout. So educators may experience difficulties in establishing work-life balance, neglecting your own physical and mental health needs. It's, it's It's a recipe for disaster. And this is why in the Profitable FDC course, which you can purchase, Um, This is why it's really important that educators have a budget and you budget and you plan for sick leave and regular time off. Every other job when you're a paid employee, you get four weeks annual leave a year. You should be looking at that as a benchmark too. At the end of this year, you should be planning, like October this year, you should be planning your whole next year so that you can tell your families well in advance so that's one of the things that um, I will set up and we will do is a 12-month planning so that we can get all the big dates lined up and set up ready for you for next year so that you can then tell your families what's coming up and you put in your dates first you put in your time off first and then everybody else fits in with that so that's how you can recognise when you're feeling burnt out and some strategies that you can put in place to ensure that you don't continue to feel burnt out. And again, one of the first things is to go right back to the beginning of this podcast and look at those things that are so easy to implement that don't cost you anything but time and discipline. Sleep, good nutrition, moving your body and hydrating yourself. They are the first four pillars of good self-care patterns that you can put in place and then you will, once you get those right, you'll then have more capacity and more space to look at the other holes in your bucket to plug up. So I hope that's given you some things to think about and things to put in place. I'm going to leave it there for now because I can hear the puppies getting active and I don't want them to come in and interrupt. So I'll leave it there for now. If you've got any comments, we love to read feedback. Um, Please feel free to share with anybody that you think could find this useful. And until next time, big love to everybody. Bye for now. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. When we work on our own, we can sometimes be in a silo. So having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well. We love feedback. So if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast, we would love to read your thoughts. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcast. That helps our podcast to get out to the wider community. And the more that hear what we have to share, we think the better it is. Thanks so much, friend. We'll see you next time. Till then, big love.